Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Burnley Eddie Howe. It's my Bournemouth Eddie Howe. It's Justin Peach. Good afternoon. Justin, it's award season, baby. We've got our tuxedos on. We're hitting the red carpet and we're ready to declare the best of the best because this, ladies and gentlemen, is our award show. We've got manager of the season, young player of the season, best signing of the season and, of course, the big one, player of the season of the season but before that Justin we've got to do our team of the season now there are so many players who are impressed us this season aren't they and I feel bad that some of them are missing out because there are some big names who we haven't included here Justin do you you feel a bit guilty about some of the names we've had to leave out not at all because they should have worked harder because they they should have worked harder they should have scored more goals assisted more (laughs) goals you know completed more passes tackled more players um, no, it is difficult choosing these because inevitably you are going to get pelters from supporters asking why you haven't picked such and such. But hopefully our reasoning does justify it a little bit. But, you know, feel free to you know have a go at us because it's going to happen anyway. And we are both experts in the championship. So yes. we know better than you guys. So make Ooh. sure you just Ooh. accept our opinions. All right. Uh, some of these positions I found incredibly hard to nail down. There was some where I thought, Okay, that's fairly obvious. They've got to go in, and then others, I wasn't too sure. But we'll we'll go through them one by yeah. one. We'll start. We've gone for a traditional four four two as every. We've, we've kept it simple. Yeah, yeah. Every team of the season should always be four four two. So we'll start with the man between the sticks. Now, I think there were eight different goalkeepers we could have picked. There are so many top goalkeepers this season, and. Each one of those eight or nine goalkeepers that we could have picked would have been a fair shout because so many have stood out. But we've decided, Justin, we've gone for Charlton Athletics, Dylan Phillips. Why did we go with Mr Phillips? I think, firstly, some of the saves he's made this season have been unbelievable. He's kept Charlton in games when they should have been out of games. You know, Charlton struggled to put the ball in the net at times. They overperformed their XG, um, which is, well talked about so having a good goalkeeper to keep teams out was essential um and just to throw some you know more stats at you he's made the most saves this season out of all the goalkeepers in the division he's played every single minute um he's made 89 saves from inside the penalty box which again is very impressive um and he's and as i say he's kept charting games he's he's won the player of the year i think he swept the board to be honest um at the club and rightly so and he's, he's been linked with moves and that's because of how good he's been it you know weren't really sure what we were getting after the, his, um, his cock up in the playoff final mm. last season. So, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised. And he's not just a good goalkeeper who saves shots. You know, his distribution is pretty good as well. Yeah, he's a great all-round goalkeeper. And some very clever data people have managed to put together 
some sort of table where it calculates how difficult saves are and yeah. how, what percentage chance they have of saving those shots. And I think Phillips and Bielkowski were by far the top two. For me, it was between those two for this position. Yeah. Um, as I say, you could have picked eight or nine, but those two were the real standouts for me. But we've gone with Phillips just because he's been so key to Charlton this season. He has been a bit unfortunate because obviously Charlton have been relegated, but they would have probably been relegated a lot sooner had it not been for Dylan Phillips because he has saved them points at at times this season and he has been relegated to League One but I'll be very surprised if he's not in the championship next season because mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of clubs looking at him let's go to right back Justin this was between two people yes I wasn't too sure which one to go with I it was almost a case of just flipping a coin really but who have we gone with uh, Luke Ayling at Leeds United yeah it's it's between him and Matty Cash wasn't mm-hmm. it and in the end we've gone with Ayling just because of how brilliant and how important he's been to the best defence in the in the league. Yeah. No, without doubt, he's been Mr. Consistent. I mean, most at Leeds defence, and there's been some key players for Leeds United who have been un- uh, unbelievably consistent this season. But Luke Ayling's definitely fits the bill. Um, you know, and as I say, he edges, he edges cash purely because of his consistency, you know, his versatility as well. And his all-round game, you know, he's good at going, he's good going forward. And he's he's incredibly good um, defensively as well. Um, whereas, you know, Cash could probably improve certain elements of that. But as I say, Luke Ayling, unbelievable this season. Right back, centre back, been fantastic. Yeah, last season I wasn't particularly too sure about him. I thought, if anything, he was possibly a weak area for the lead side. But this season he's been one of the standout players anti I mean Leeds have had loads of standout players but Ailing in particular has really made the step up this season and he scored some important goals there was that part earlier in the season where yeah. he just couldn't stop scoring and including that unbelievable volley mm-hmm. um that is one of the goal of the season contenders you'll find out if it is later uh but yeah Luke Ailing superb 100% deserves that I feel a bit sorry for Matty Cash because he has has been very impressive um, in the right back role as he and I'll be very surprised if he's not snapped yeah. on my Premier League side and you've got to remember he's gone from centre mid to right back as well so yeah, he's had to absolutely. make that transition I think just, just another way to ju- another reason to justify is just Forrest's 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 really poor form of late defensively especially might have might have meant Cash has just sort of edged down in our thinking um, yeah I think just, be- just before we get as I say, pelters. <laughs> Let's go to centre-back, Justin. We've got two centre-backs. We'll go with the first one. And this one was always set in stone. He's been set in stone pretty much all season, hasn't he? It's yeah. Ben White, mm-hmm. who has come into this Leeds side and changed everything. <clears throat> I'd probably go as far to say he's been Leeds' best player this season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sort of had to think that. I, I, I can't disagree with that. He's been their most... Standout player by far, you know, Pablo Hernandez has been in and out, Click has struggled at times, you know, Harrison and Costa have struggled and Bamford, or, or, you know, have struggled at times, they, they all have, but Ben White, Calvin Phillips, they've been in their, t- they've been in the team consistently, they've been absolutely superb and, and stood out st- uh, statistically all season and Ben White, again, a massive surprise, we thought big Pontus Janssen hole, Ben White coming from Peterborough, well coming from Brighton but on loan at Peterborough last season, didn't, you know, he was... Still posted some good numbers, but coming into a side that's chasing for a championship title after any after not having any championship experience at all, he slotted in perfectly. 
And the thing is as well, when he was at Peterborough last season, he wasn't really pulling up any trees. He didn't really start that many games either. So it was very surprising that he has just come straight into this lead side and been their best player. It's an unbelievable turnaround and Leeds fans have been you know, telling us all season how good he is. They are desperate to get him back, whether mm. they actually do. Who knows? But he has shown why he has why he is so highly rated. And there are plenty of big clubs sniffing around him. I know Chelsea have been linked with him. He's a big player, isn't he? And he's got a massive future ahead of him. Let's go to our other centre-back, Justin. Who have we gone with? Ethan Pinnock. We have. And when he signed earlier in the season at Brentford, he was struggling a bit, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. He was left out the side initially, but then since he got given another chance he's taken that chance and really stepped up he he's one of the signings of the season isn't he and we'll, no, absolutely. we'll talk later about whether he is the signing of the season but he's gone from playing in league one last season he got a team of the season um in the pfa team of the season then with barnsley and then this season he's made the step up and could very well be making the step up to the premier league and the way he's been playing this season i think he definitely would be able to play every week in the premier league wouldn't he well, he's got the attributes that you need to play in the Premier League. You know the stereotypical ones, where you know you need to be yeah, athletically in a, in a good place. That's a weird way of saying it. You need to be quite athletic. Yeah. Um, uh, you need to be strong, etc., and consistent. And Ethan Pinnock is is all of that. And you know, first and foremost, he's a, an outstanding defender. He proved that at Barnsley last season, and he's fitted into Brentford again, coming from League One to. Um, Competing for you know an automatic slot in 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 the championship playoffs is quite a big step, and he's he's taken to it so easily. And as I say, he adds a lot of balance to that that defence. You know, being left footed, and um, as, I, as as I said already, you know they've not conceded a lot of goals this season. Janssen has been injured, but Pinnock's been in, in there all season, and he's been he's been fantastic. Yeah, he's been the constant, hasn't he? And that's he's been the main reason why Brentford's defence has been so solid. It's but only between the, them and Leeds for the best defence in the league. And he's been so crucial. As you mentioned, he's good with his feet as well. It's the all-round package. And mm -hmm. I'm very excited about Ethan Pinnock. And I hope he is in the Premier League at some point. Let's go to left-back, Justin. Now, this was one of those positions where it was probably the position I struggled with the most, actually. I struggled to nail down one player because mm -hmm. it's not that no left-backs have been good this season. I think it's more a case of so many left-backs, there's so yeah. many to choose from. And picking out the best left-back was incredibly difficult. But we've gone with Wigan Athletics' Anthony Robinson. And when you talk of Wigan's form in the second half of the season, he has been crucial to that, hasn't he? Going forwards defensively, he has been a superb signing and they got him for a pittance from yeah. Everton at the start of the season, didn't he? How good has he been for Wigan? Yeah, and he's been unbelievable and I don't think it's his form um, this half of the season, the second half of the season that's propelled him into the reckoning to be, you know, to be chosen in the team of the season. It's his form in the first half of the season that was ridiculously good. It's his form in the first crap. <laughs> yeah, when Wigan were really crap. Um, and it's his form in the first half of the season that Obviously, he, you know, AC Milan scouts were sort of drawn to him because, as I say, his, his dribbling abilities, his crossing, his passing at, at left-back stood out statistically miles ahead of his Wigan teammates in the first half of the season, you know. And when you consider the fact that, you know, he nearly left for AC Milan 
it was that, that that move was ruled out because of a heart issue. He's then come back after lockdown and still produced the same, if not better, numbers before. He's 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 deserving of a, a, a place in this side. He's been unbelievable, and again, a player who unfortunately won't be at Wigan for much longer. Yeah, well, he's got a, a one and a half million pounds release clause, apparently, according to reports, which is scandalous. That is daylight robbery for whoever <laughs> manages to get Anthony Robinson. I, I think he'll go to a Premier League side, if I'm honest, but he'll be a superb signing for wherever he goes. And it's a real shame that he's managed, he's had to go down with Wigan this season after everything that's happened. But that take nothing away from him. He has been superb. Herb. Let's go into midfield then, Justin. This midfield is a very good midfield. Hmm. I don't think there could be too many complaints about this midfield. We start with right wing and we've gone with the man, Matthias Pereira. Oh, yes. I think he was a fairly obvious choice, wasn't he? Massively, massively. He, he, you know, he had a slight dip in form, which sort of was a, it came in, um, came at the same time as West Brom having a dip yeah. in form. Um, but still to produce 16 assists in his first season in the Championship, you know, he's one of the most foul players in the league for obvious reasons. He averaged 2.8 key passes a game, which means, you know, he was setting up um, quality chances for his teammates to put away. If West Brom had a consistent goal scorer up front this season, his numbers, his assist numbers would be nearer <laughs> to 30 than they are than they would be to 20. Yeah. Um, right. a, a scarily good player at this level and for £8 million seems a lot, but for a player of his quality is... Nothing. Yeah, it's scandalous that West Brom have been allowed to sign him, really, because he's way too good for the Championship yeah. and really should be in the Premier League. And now he is obviously in the Premier League. He's an unbelievable player. The fact they've got him for eight million as well is great business. He has been so important to this one West Brom side, and as you mentioned, he had a dip in form, and that coincided with West Brom's dip in form. And I don't think there's any coincidence there. I think it's because. Pereira is so important to that West Brom side that everyone else around him just didn't tick. Mm -hmm. So when he <clears throat> did manage to get back in form, they managed to get back up to speed and secure promotion. He's He did have that dip in form, but throughout the season, he's looked a, a step above everyone else in the championship, yeah, hasn't he? He definitely. is a joy to watch. It's a real shame that we're not going to be seeing him in the championship next season because I've enjoyed watching Matis Pereira and he'll be a pain in the arse for a lot of Premier League defences. Yeah, the, the way he glides across the pitch with the ball is it's really it's really, it's really nice to watch. Um, you know, it's, it's effortless, it's thoughtless in a way that he doesn't need to think about it. It's We, we won't see a player like him for a bit, I don't think, given yeah. the money situation in, in the league um, so you know glad to have been able to watch him for a season at least yeah and he can do it all can't he he hmm. creates goals scores goals set pieces you name it he can do it he's been a superb player this season and he's a definite candidate for player of the season let's go into centre mid Justin we'll start off with our attacking centre midfielder we've gone yes. with a very easy another <laughs> fairly obvious choice really wasn't he uh, yeah his 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 ability is, is natural. It's so natural. It's, it's almost sickening. You know, it's, <laughs> why, why wasn't I born with that? Um, it, again, another player who just glides across the pitch effortlessly. You know, epitomised in his goal against Stoke at the start of the season. Um, unbelievable. And to think that Steve McLaren didn't trust him enough like, um, the season before last is a massive injustice. Um, because this season he's shown how just how good he is under, under Mark Warburton. You know, 14 goals and 8 assists for a 22-year-old is impressive. For a team that 
was struggling for parts, he was a standout player. Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, if they if Kipiar didn't have a very easy, I know there's not much point talking about it because they did have him, but if they didn't have him this season, they would have been in a lot of trouble because <laughs> he has been the driving force for this QPR side. The fact that, as you mentioned, he wasn't... It's weird to think that he wasn't given much of a chance before this season. Mm, well, exactly. And then this season, he's been one of the best players in the division. It's unbelievable. He, For someone that young as well, he's... He's, he's kind of similar to Pereira in the way that he is a joy to watch. He yeah. he can score goals. He takes on players. He can set them up as well. He has been so good for QPR this season. So, so good. And he's, in fact, we can say this with pretty much every player in this team. It would be very surprising if he's in the in the championship next season. Premier League clubs are already sniffing around him. He's a player with a massive future. And QPR fans, I'm sure, will be very grateful that they've been able to watch Everichie easy this season because mm-hmm. he has been superb. Let's go to our other centre midfielder, Justin. We've gone with Mr. Phillips, Calvin, Calvin Phillips. Phillips. What a player. What a player. I've been ringing the bell for Calvin Phillips to be <laughs> in the England squad all season. Unfortunately, that's been curtailed because of, you know, the whole coronavirus situation. But Calvin Phillips, he, we all knew he was a Premier League player at the start of this season, didn't, mm. didn't we? And yeah. he's shown once again how good he is. The fact that Leeds have managed to keep hold of him has been a driving force for them to get promoted this season, hasn't it? No, definitely. He's pivotal to that Leeds team, the way it functions, the way they need him to progress the ball through the midfield. Um, tactically switched on. You know, If it wasn't for Liam Cooper, Calvin Phillips would be captain, no doubt. Mm. Um, he, he He's mature and you know the, what what he does for the, the community as well you know he's a local lad and the stuff that he does for the community in Leeds is, is, is you know it's really good to see um, so I don't want to say it but you know if he, if he leaves Leeds it'll be for a, a big fee and a big club and I can see that happening sooner rather than later um, but perhaps they might just keep him for a season in the Premier League and, you know and what what his transformation under Bielsa is, again is, is probably gone under the radar um, because he's, you know, he wasn't fancied. Club didn't fancy him. Managers, previous managers at least, didn't fancy him, and he's proven to be a potential player for the England squad, and quite arguably the one of the best players in the league this season. Oh, definitely one of the best players in the league. If for any Championship fans who don't watch Leeds every week and don't get to see Calvin Phillips every week, there is a reason why he was linked with Man City. There is a reason why he's being included in the England squads because he is that good. He is is a ridiculous talent. He is the Yorkshire Perlow. And <laughs> again, when Leeds are in the Premier League next season, he's going to be so important for them. He's the one player who you instantly know is a top half championship player already. Championship player, top half Premier <laughs> League player already. He's that good. Trust me. Let's go to left wing, Justin. Side Ben Rama. We Move didn't on. even need. What do we need to say? Yeah. What else do we need to say? <laughs> He he's one of those who is a definite contender for player of the season. You'll find out later whether he is our player of the season. But this man is... Words don't do enough to describe him, do they, Justin? He's ridiculous. Quite frankly, ridiculous. No, yeah, I've had the pleasure of him destroying my team uh, <laughs> twice. Um, and it, both times it was a joy to watch because he does it the way no other uh, players in the championship um, 
again, player who's been linked with Chelsea, for example, who finishing in the top four. No surprise there at all. Um, yeah, again, quite frankly, the fact that Brentford picked him up for two and a half million pounds is terrifying because yeah, you, you look at players who, you know, clubs pay more money for, and it's like they're nowhere near the level of Saeed Ben Rama. Um, and just to, to point out why he's in the contention for player of the season and why he's in this team is okay, he plays for a very good side and he's part of that attacking trio, but his individual ability to win games. You know he could do. He could pose the same numbers playing for Hull City this season. Yeah, it's his individual ability purely, purely that, um, and his link up play as well with Watkins, um, Rico Henry at left back. He's oh, I've got nothing else to say. He's, he's unbelievable. Every time I've seen him, he's just a constant danger. Is yeah. he's always a threat to whoever is unfortunately playing right back for the opposition. Mm. He destroys defenses and he does it with style. He nutmegs players every single game without fail. And after doing that, he'll unleash a rasping shot from 20 yards out or something like that. And he can do it with both feet, scoring goals, setting them up, creating chances. This man creates so many chances per game. It's unbelievable. You wonder why Ollie Watkins has got 26 goals this season. It's because he's got side Ben Rama to his left, who is constantly putting the ball on the plate for him. Yeah. Side Ben Rama, I'm. We're not going to see him in the Championship next season, are we? Even if Brentford <laughs> don't get promoted, we just know he's going to be at a top top side. There's a reason why he's been linked with Chelsea and Arsenal because he is that good. He could get into their starting eleven and play every single week. That good, I promise you. Let's go to the striker situation, Justin. Again, pretty obvious. Two strikers. <laughs> I think everyone can guess who they are. It's Alexander Mitrovic, Ollie Watkins. It was always going to be them, wasn't it? When it comes mm-hmm. to scoring goals, those two have been a step above everyone else. Talk about uh, Mitrovic first. Why have we gone with Mr. Mitrovic? Um, All-round game. Uh, best number nine in the league by far. Um, I know we're, we're going to speak about um, you know, signing of the season this season, but Fulham getting Mitrovic to sign a new contract if we were considering that as a factor, mm. would be the signing of the season because for for as many games as he's scored in, he's been the difference for Fulham. The, um, you know, Parker's been stubborn at times to not change his system. You know, he's changed it lately, but if he's changed it before, they're relying on Mitrovic far too much. Um, but the way he scores goals, it's just one touch finish, and that's all he needs to do. He's he's, he's that ruthless and devastating in front of goal. Um, yeah, he's, he's such a good player, which we've said all season. And, you know, if he's in the Championship next season with Fulham, he'll post the same numbers. I don't think he will be. I'd be very surprised if he is. Well, but you, you mentioned the new contract there. We didn't expect Mitrovic to be playing in the Championship, did we? Because we just thought, this guy is clearly a very good Premier League striker. It ruined a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, because we just expected <laughs> Mitrovic to be gone. And he's stuck around and he's got Fulham out of jail so many times this season. He's contributed more goals to a single side than anyone else in the division. And when you're talking about, when you consider that they're one of the top sides in the division. The amount of points he's won for him. Yeah. yeah. Without him, God knows where they'd be this season. Uh, Watkins, I remember at the start of the season when we were wondering who was going to play up front for mm-hmm. Brentford because Ollie Watkins before that was playing left wing. 
mm-hmm. and he's transitioned into a striker. We were not too sure whether <clears throat> he'd be able to make that transition. And then he goes and finishes top scorer, well, top scorer behind Mitrovic. He has made that transition so well, hasn't he? And it's weird to think that he was a winger because you look at him now and he's got the build of a striker. Yeah. He's got the goal scoring touch. He is a natural striker now, isn't he? No, absolutely. You know, six foot two as a winger, you think, is that going to work? But he still hit double figures in, in, in both his seasons at left wing for Brentford. Um, and then they move him to central striker, and wow, look what you get. You know, 26 goals in 48 games this season is, is unbelievable. Um, and the goals of all calibre, you look at the one at Blackburn, ridiculous finish, you know, over the top touch, um, finishing to the top corner, wonderful. But it's the ones that he's getting in the six yard box, you know. That's the making of a good striker. Mm. He's making the right runs in the right places, and as I said, that link up with Saeed Ben Rama and then Buemo at times has, has been has been great. Um, yeah, just a, a quality striker who's only going to get better for me. Yeah, the, the goal scoring touch that he's got and being in the right place at the right time. Certain strikers have that, don't they? You either have it or yeah. you don't, and he has got that, and he has shown that he can play that striker role. And there's a reason why. Again, everyone's been linked with him. Right, that's been our team of the season. We'll have a break now, Justin. And then in the second half of the show, we'll go through manager of the season, signing of the season, most improved player of the season, and of course, player of the season. If you could see us recording, you would notice that Justin and I generally wear a different football shirt almost every week. There's nothing that fuels nostalgia more than an old football shirt. And guess where you can get them? Classicfootballshirts.co.uk Absolutely. I spent plenty of money there and got myself some cracking purchases. Just recently, I started sporting an AZ Outmar training shirt and a Hoffenheim training jumper. So pretty different. Exactly that. And it's not just football shirts. You can get training wear, footballs, boots and match-worn stuff from former pros. There genuinely is something for everyone, no matter which side you support. So find what you're looking for at classicfootballshirts.co.uk or visit them in-store in either London or Manchester. Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. We've just done our team of the season. So let's go on to the individual awards, Justin. We'll go with manager of the season first. There were plenty of contenders for this little beauty. But who have we gone with? For manager of the season, it's Paul Cook. It is. And it's a real shame that it's ended sadly. Because the reason why we've gone with Paul Cook is for that massive turnaround. We... We're one of the many people who critics. thought, who, yeah, critics who thought Paul Cook should probably walk away from the job earlier in the season mm-hmm. because Wigan looked like they were set for uh, relegation. They looked like they were down and out, and Paul Cook wasn't getting the best out of the players that were there. And then, lo and behold, he manages to put together this ridiculous 2020 where Wigan lost like one game in 14 and he manages to get them up the table into did he get into the top half in the end yeah mid-table mid-table definitely and then it's all been destroyed by an owner who shouldn't have been there in the first place but Mm -hmm. you can't take anything away from Paul Cook he has done a fantastic job to build the confidence of these players and get them playing again no absolutely and it's I'm, I'm devastated because I was really this, this, this Wigan side really could have progressed into something 
really, really good at championship level. Um, you know, the 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 form in the second half of the season, it wasn't a fluke. Um, I know how critical I was in the first half of the season, but if you go back to pro, post-match interviews, at no point does Paul Cook say his players were terrible, they need to do better. You know, he was, he was very confident that the form would pick up at some point. It was just a case of when. Um, and, you know, more for me, you know, I was a, I was a heavy critic of Paul Cook. Um, but it's not just the stuff he'd done um, for the club, it's what he's done for the community, you know, he's... Um, when they went into when they first went into administration, they mentioned the fact that they mentioned the story that he he contacted all the staff at the club, told them they'll be fine. I think in the evening they they won. Uh, I can't remember who they beat now, but they 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 confidently won comfortably won a game. Um, when lockdown first started, he applied for a job at a supermarket to be a delivery driver to help out. The man is um, he's, he's he's been unbelievable this season, uh, especially in twenty twenty. Um, and testament to him uh, and you know his statement again very emotional statement from uh, resigning from the post at Wigan um, but I expect him to get a very good job at championship level and for him to do exactly the same thing because he's shown just what he can do as a manager um, in the second half of the season yeah he seems like a top bloke doesn't he and a brilliant manager at that as well and he has been linked with plenty of jobs Bristol City job in particular so I think we'll be seeing him in, in the Championship again next season. And best of luck to him. Signing of the season, Justin. Plenty of contenders for this one. Mm-hmm. But who have we gone with? Romain Sawyers. We have Romain Sawyers to West Brom for £3 million. Which seems like daylight robbery in hindsight. Brentford, okay. at the time, we thought, that seems a bit cheap. Why have they sold him for that? There must have been something there for them to willingly sell him for that much but he's come to West Brom and been a key cog in their midfield hasn't he and one of the main reasons why they've been promoted this season No definitely I, I, you know you look at Pereira who's posted the amount of assists he has Dean Garner his impact etc but I don't think without Romain Soyes in that side I think they'd have been incredibly unbalanced um, he's turned that team into an orchestra rather than you know a bit of heavy metal last season um, often a lack of balance between attack and defence under Darren Moore. You know, the, they weren't a reliable side. Uh, no. He had no idea what 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 they were going to do, how many goals they were going to concede or score. Um, and as I said, he, he's turned West Brom into this all 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 functioning um, orchestra. He is one of the best at it in the league. Um, a tempo setter um, alongside Livermore. It's a perfect partnership. Um, and it was a it was a it was a, it was a Good deal all round, you know. Romain always gets to go to his his boyhood club with West Brom, um, and Brentford replace him with a steady replacement as well. So you know, it wasn't an animosity, anything like that. It was it was a good signing, and you know, a, a key reason as to why West Brom are finishing the automatics. Everyone's happy with that deal, exactly. Uh, all got smiles on their faces. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, it, it bamboozles me that there are West Brom fans who still don't appreciate what Romain Sawyer's does for the side. He's the player who dictates the tempo. And when you have a side like West Brom, that is so important. Isn't you need it? control. You need to, yeah. He controls the game, and when you are a side like West Brom, and you're taking on teams that you should be beating you need someone like that to just have control of the game and move possession recycle it he does that perfectly he is so good at it and I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League as well next season Mm -hmm. goal of the season Justin we have had some corkers haven't we it was Mm -hmm. very hard to narrow down just one 
there was so many, especially post lockdown, everyone seemed to just be having pot shots from miles out, and a lot of them went in. But we've, not, we've, yeah. we've gone yes, with see, one. You've not got fans um, berating you. Have yeah, you? you've got more freedom to just have a go from forty yards or something like that. Um, but we've gone with one. That was quite early on in the season, wasn't it? We've First gone month, August. Yeah, yeah. We've gone with Corley Woodrow versus Charlton. Now, for anyone who doesn't remember this goal, the thing is, when you're picking goal of the season, you've got to go with one where you look at it and think, no keeper in the world is saving that. There were plenty where it's gone in, or but the keeper's been caught out, or you thought mm-hmm. maybe a good goalkeeper would have stopped that. But Corley Woodrow, this one, I don't think David De Gea would be stopping that one. That's probably a bad... That's a bad, terrible yeah, example. <laughs> terrible example, because he's not in the best of form at the moment. But I don't think anyone is saving that goal from Cully Woodrow. He flicks it over his head <coughs> and then absolutely smashes it into the top bin. I don't think you've given it any justice, Ryan. I, I, he, doesn't, like, he doesn't flick it over his head. The ball's behind him. He cushions it in front of him and then he places it into the top corner. I can't give it enough justice because it is a ridiculous goal. If you haven't, if anyone doesn't know the goal we're talking about, make sure you search it out because it is a beautiful goal. It's a joy yeah. to watch. I tell you what, before we did this, I looked at sort of top ten goals in the championship this season um, from the EFL, and that goal wasn't in it. That is ridiculous. That yeah, is, that is a scandal. That well, just I shows think... how much of a farce the EFL are. <laughs> <laughs> I think because it was so early on in the season, it's quite easy to forget. You know, it was the first month of the season against Charlton. Um, I think they drew 2-2 as when we, we were introduced to Lar Taylor's penalty technique yeah. in the championship um, but that goal stands out uh, the, the quality of it is unbelievable as I say cushioned composed with players around him to then find the corner the top corner um, was beautiful yeah it's the one goal that this season I've compared everything else to I've compared all the other yeah, goals to how good that one was and there have been a couple that have come close, but that one's always stayed top of the pile for me. Let's go to most improved player, Justin. Plenty of contenders for this. We mm. we love to point out the underrated players on this show, don't we? And when they suddenly have their names on the front pages, yeah, it's we love saying, oh, told you about them not long ago, didn't we? Uh, but this one, it's kind of come out of nowhere, hasn't he? He... At the start of the season, he was more of a squad player, but then mm. this season has been one of the most crucial parts of the Leeds United side, and it's Stuart Dallas. He's played all over the pitch this season, and wherever he's played, he's been so crucial to whatever Marcello Bielsa wants to do, hasn't he? No, definitely. He's, his versatility has landed. The versatility, of some of the, the versatility of some of the players in the Leeds squad is probably the reason why Leeds have been able to prosper under Bielsa without it I think they'd have been as average as they have been in previous years um, but the players like Dallas and Ailing have been fantastic but Dallas in particular you know his, his ability to be able to play winger centre mid uh, right back left back anywhere <laughs> anywhere anywhere um, is, is is testament to him and again another player who swept the board of uh, player of the season for club awards at, at the league you know for a squad player to do that um, is is a massive achievement. Yeah, he's gone from squad player to one of the first names on the sh- team sheet mm-hmm. this season for Bielsa, hasn't he? Whether he plays as regularly in the Premier League next season, I'm not too sure, but there's no denying how good he has been this season. The big two, Justin, young player of the season and player of the season. 
Who have we gone with for the young player of the season? This is 23 or under, by the way. It's Eberichi Easy. That's right. There weren't. There were plenty of contenders. We love talking about young talents on this show, don't we? The players who could very well be playing regularly in the Premier League at some point. But mm-hmm. this lad is a contender for player of the season. He has <clears> been <throat> that good, hasn't he? Well, I mean, we've said it already uh, for the team of the season. The, the way he glides past people effort, uh, effortlessly, you know, averages three dribbles a game, which is, uh, he's, he's far ahead of any of the players, including Ben Rama, Pereira, etc. Um, and again, to have that, not arrogance, but, well, well, it is a bit of arrogance. You need that, especially yeah. for a type of player that he is. You, you need to have that bit of arrogance that, you know, I'm, I'm going to make you here. I'm going to do you. I'm going to get around you. Um, some young players, Will, will can, they can hide and it's it's these players that can do it at this age that tend to excel later on in their career get big moves win trophies etc and unfortunately that's that's where I see Eberichi uh, easy going for you know it's a shame but that's how good he is now how good can he be, can he be in three years under you know in a better side under a better coach etc the potential's there it wouldn't surprise me if he is in the England setup at some point in the next five years or so he has got so much raw talent and with the right manager, you could have a star on your hands. Let's go to player of the season, Justin. Now, we're <laughs> going to do the top three here. So, um, nailing down one specific player to um, give this award to is incredibly difficult because so many stand-up players in the championship this yeah. season. I actually put the question out to our listeners before the show and... Everyone was giving different answers. There were so many names that were <coughs> being put forward. Now, there were obviously some who came up more often than most. And <laughs> I think we've gone with the one that everyone else, the majority of people seem to be saying. We'll go with third place first. That's Ben White at Leeds, yep. which I think is without a doubt one of the obvious choices, isn't he? He's yeah, been key definitely. to that lead side. Second place, we've gone with Matias Pereira. Again, fairly obvious. But first place, Justin, we've gone with Saeed Benrahma. We've already done a lot of our talking about him. Yeah. But why have we gone with him above everyone else in the division? I think I said it um, again for the team of the season. His individual quality. Brentford were without him for a few games at the start of the season. They struggled. You know they they struggled at the start of the season, which is why they're not in the automatics now. That it's that form at the start of the season that's let them down. Um, but to have Ben Rama in that side, we were excited to to be able to watch him again because again last season he he got double figures assists and goals, didn't he? Yeah. He was he was ridiculously good and he got even better playing left wing. I think he played right wing last season at, more than he played left wing. But playing left wing this season, it, it was natural for him coming in coming in from the left into the inside. Um, but it's just his natural ability to be able to put the ball through your legs is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, it's not just based on his uh, nutmeg ability, which is spectacular, but his all-round game, isn't it? Is we're just repeating ourselves, Justin, aren't we? There's a you reason why he's been linked with Arsenal and Chelsea. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 irreplaceable, and, and he is for this Brentford side. They've got the best recruitment, I think, in the country, um, the best recruitment team in the, in the country. But how are you going to be able to place someone with? Replace someone with as natural ability as Saeed Ben Rama. You can't. 
quite frankly. Uh, let's go on to the news then, Justin, because there's been plenty going on over the past few days. Well, three big stories in particular. We'll start off with one that broke late last night. That was Eddie Howe leaving Bournemouth by mutual consent after they were relegated to the Championship. I was I was a bit 50-50 over whether I thought Howe was going to stay or not, but mm-hmm. we are in this situation now where we're going to see Bournemouth in the Championship next season. Eddie yeah. Howless, which is going to be strange <laughs> seeing someone else in the dugout because it seems... I don't think I've ever seen Bournemouth with anyone else in the dugout apart from Eddie Howe because he's been there for that long. Yeah. Um, but how damaging is that to their hopes of bouncing back next season? Do you think? Um, I think it's a bigger, it, a bigger significance than people play it, or people might think, supporters might think, because you know the the key cog in that Bournemouth side over the last eight years that he's been there or seven years that he's been there has been Eddie Howe um, you know they, they've all sung from the same hymn sheet because of Eddie Howe you know that goes that's, that's from recruitment to um, consistency in, 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 in personnel and players so I have no idea how they're going to replace him who they're going to replace him with um, and how they're going to get the best out of the players that, that are there I know they said that they've got money to spend but FFP is going to absolutely nail them at some point mm. because they're they're in such a poor position um, to be losing half their income, um, and they're going to have to sell the best players, obviously. Oh yeah, well they're going to sell um, all the best players. I know Nathan Ake looks like he's on the way to Man City or at least a Premier League side, and that's for forty million or so. So they're going to build up a nice little pot of money well, from those signings, but that's just going to go into the debt that they've got because they've got quite a lot of money um, that's from um, transfers that they've just not paid yet yeah I was going to say I think they're something like 80 million in the um, they owe 80 million to to other clubs um, still for those transfer fees and you know you look at some of the transfer fees that they've paid out for players in the not since it's been in the Premier League like Jordan Ibe that's not worked out Dom Dom Solanke's not worked out yet although it might still work out um, you sort of question how, why have they spent this much money on certain players you look at the bargains that they've got in the past like Callum Wilson Josh King um, Adam Smith Steve Cook Nathan Ake um, to an extent I don't know how, they, how they're going to adjust yeah I remember in the episode that we did on a Tuesday Justin I was saying to you that having the right man in charge is so crucial. You can have mm-hmm. all these big players in the squad, but if you haven't got the right person in charge, it ultimately doesn't end well, quite frankly. And mm. the fact that Eddie Howe has now gone makes me question Bournemouth as promotion contenders next season, even though they will have this very talented squad. Um, yeah, The early favourite to take over from Howe is Jason Tindall, who is the assistant manager. So it's kind of like passing on the torch, I suppose. But you're changing, but you're not changing. Yeah, it's. I'm not sure about giving. I don't know about that one. Yeah, giving an inexperienced manager the job if you want to get promoted straight away. I presume that's what their target's going to be: promotion straight back up. But it's it's a very interesting situation there now. It's all it's mm-hmm. going to be massive who they get in to replace Eddie Howe. And it's big shoes to fill after everything he's done for the club. Let's go on to a manager who has actually come in, Justin, 
it's at St Andrews and it's Ita Karanka. He's been confirmed at Birmingham. We were speculating that that might be the case after it was reported mm-hmm. uh, last week, I think, that he was one of the key names being linked with the job. What's your initial reaction to this? That's an okay appointment. Yeah, that's it's, pretty much the exact a, thought I had. It's a seven, six and a half, seven out of ten appointment. Um, I think it's probably the right one for them because he, he's he's very organised, and that Birmingham City team probably needs to be organised. Um, they, yeah, I mean, it just depends. I said it the other day. It depends how he gets on with the ownership and whether he's backed or not. Or you know they've lost Bellingham, but they've got a fair amount of money from him. Who are they going to invest in? Because the squad is lacking in massively in certain areas. It's I could just see this ending in tears. Just in, if I'm quite frank, Ita Karanka has developed a bit of an unwanted reputation at this point for falling out with the boards at numerous mm. clubs, and the board at Birmingham are also developing a bit of a reputation for falling out with managers as well so it's all looks set to end in tears in terms of the appointment I'm the same as you I think it's okay it's very uninspiring I think he's he's got a good record at championship level half decent record at championship level but it's not exactly exciting me yeah The, the positive here is a bit of stability for Birmingham City which would be good for the fans. For example, you know, Pep Clotet last season was caretaker and then appoint, um, permanently appointed and then announced he was leaving and then he was gone. Mm. Um, Gary Monk was there for a short time, Harry Redknapp, short time, Steve Cottrell, etc., etc., etc. for Birmingham City. Bit of stability under Karanka would be would be the best thing for them. For them to, not reset, but for them to go again, for them to build a, a squad that's capable of competing for promotion because... Um, they've got players that are coming through they've got young players already there that can develop so it'll be an interesting couple of years hopefully for Birmingham City Yeah, it's a step up from Clotet isn't it that's one of the best things you can say about it whether he is there for a couple of years I'm not too sure because Birmingham have got a very good record at the moment for uh, not lasting very long with their managers but we'll wait and see it might just be a season of steadying the ship after what was a fairly terrible end to the season just gone and the final bit of big news Justin from this past week is that Sheffield Wednesday will be deducted 12 points at the start of next season for breaking spending rules relating to the selling of their stadium what are your thoughts on this um yeah right so uh, I, I I'd expect Derby to be deducted points as well I think they the points deduction should be applied for this season because that means the case has run from uh, last season into this season and then the punishments for next season so that's it's a impacted three seasons almost um which is absolute shit show in terms of um organization i guess in terms of getting a case going um against Sheffield Wednesday and Derby but it's the right decision i know they're appealing it they shouldn't do they should just accept it because they broke ffp well, they would have broke FFP had they not sold the stadium. Same with Derby, same with Reading. Except your punishment. Well, Derby, there's a lot of speculation about whether Derby will uh, actually be punished because apparently, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the story. <laughs> We're not lawyers. It, it, it's, I hear so many voices that 
I lose track of what's what, but apparently Derby's <laughs> selling of the stadium was uh, signed off by the yeah, EFL. So off. whether yeah. that actually goes through or not, I know Derby have very aggressively denied uh, any any wrongdoing, basically. Uh, but focusing on Wednesday, um, it's a shame for the fans, isn't it? Because the 12-point yeah. deduction at the start of next season ultimately means next season's a bit of a dud, isn't it? There's no chance of you know, building some sort of playoff push or anything like that. But the thing is, Justin, a lot of people will be thinking, even though Wednesday have got this points deduction, they'll be all right. I think Wednesday could be a contender for relegation next season, you know. They're, they're, they've lost a lot of good players. Well, that's it. Um, that's it. I think just because, obviously, the points deduction is not an ideal start, but then when you keep in mind only Hull won fewer points than them in 2020, yeah. there's a very real possibility that we could be looking at this Wednesday squad at the start of next season and we're thinking to ourselves that this squad looks even weaker than then because they have lost key players. It's just an early shout I'm putting out there, but it's obviously dependent on who they bring in because they mm-hmm. will have to bring in <coughs> players to replace them. But if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they're down there. No, absolutely. Also, this is the second team amongst managers that's been deducted points. <laughs> I I don't know what you're insinuating, Justin. I think it's just purely coincidental. It is It is coincidence <laughs> and bad luck. Um, but bad luck wow, that is... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Don't uh, maybe not something to put on the to. CV. <laughs> no, next club he goes to is going to be like, I don't know about that. I don't know about Gary. <laughs> Let's uh, quickly go through some transfer news, Justin, because there hasn't been much since uh, Tuesday's episode. But there's been a few key ones. The highly rated youngster Troy Parrott has gone on loan to Millwall from Spurs. He's very highly rated by a lot of people who watch Spurs reserves a lot more than me. <laughs> so it'd be very yeah. good to. Uh, see how he gets on at Millwall next season but that could end up being a massive signing for Gary Rara in fact it's one of those signings that I think a lot of fans of other clubs will be looking at at the end of the season and be saying why didn't we go in for him because if he ends up hitting the ground running he could be one hell of a great signing for Gary Rabbit. Uh, Grant Hall has joined Middlesbrough after leaving QPR, a very Neil Warnock signing that isn't it? Uh, Erwin Mulder has left Swansea to go to Heerenveen in Holland and Aidan O'Brien has departed Millwall after nine years to go to Sunderland. Uh, so let's do the Craig Bryson pub quiz, Justin. This is the part of the show where Justin is going to give me six clues about a championship legend who has made at least 200 championship appearances and will have played in the championship relatively recently. All I've got to do is guess who it is. Simple as that. So, Simple Justin, that. give me the first clue, please. Who did I get last week? Who was it last week? What, it Tuesday's episode? It was Casper Scorch, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is this is another yeah, doozy. It's not Casper Scorks, is it? Stop Casper Scorks. <laughs> is that your first guess? No, don't please. <laughs> I made two hundred and forty-two appearances in championship, scoring twelve goals. Luke Chambers. No. He scored more than that. You should know this. Did he score more than that? I think so. It, it can't be much more. He wasn't exactly prolific, was he? Yeah, prolific for a centre half. Anyway, despite being born in Solihull. Borough of Birmingham. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I, I made 37 appearances for the Republic of Ireland and actually scored at Euro 2012. Ooh, okay. Now, that's interesting. Could you just repeat that very quickly? Despite being born in Solihull, mm-hmm. a borough of Birmingham, thank you. I've made 37 appearances for the Republic of Ireland and scored at Euro 2012. 
37 appearances. Okay. Now, there's obviously quite a few players who are born in England and then go on to represent, you know, Wales, Ireland. So, I might have to go on to the next clue. But there can't be that many players who scored at Euro 2012 for Ireland. Go on, next one. I don't think there were, to be honest with you. Um, I started my career at Peterborough United, making my first appearance in 2003. That doesn't help me very much. Or the 0203 season, I'll say that. My knowledge of Peterborough in the early 2000s is fairly poor. Um, he scored 12 goals in the Championship, but he's also scored for Ireland at the Euros. I'm going to take a punt and say... Richard Keogh, but I don't think he's from Solihull. I think he's from Essex, actually, but I've gone with Richard Keogh. No. Okay. I feel like I've just got to say someone. Yeah. I featured heavily in the Sky One series, Big Ron Manager, where managerial mercenary Ron Atkinson advised at Peterborough United with interesting results. I haven't seen Big Ron Manager. Have you not seen that? Much to my detriment. Well... The man, one of the managers, one of the episodes, the managers, res, the manager resigned at half time. That's impressive. <laughs> Honestly, try and find the archives because this this series was gold. Imagine if you're a fan and you, you look at the dugout and the manager's just not there at all in yeah. the second half. Um, right. Um, so that doesn't really help me too much because I've not seen Big Ron manager. Yeah, sort of relaxed. I knew that he played at Peterborough already, so um, we're gonna have to move on to the next one, Justin. I've played for five clubs in the Championship, including Middlesbrough, Leicester City, Millwall, Ipswich and Preston North End. Could you just reel them off again quickly for me, please? I've played for five clubs in the Championship, including Preston, Middlesbrough, Leicester, Millwall and Ipswich. How am I not getting this? How am I not getting this? This seems like it should be fairly obvious at this point. I'll be honest with you, I think I made it obvious on the second clue with the, the Ireland and the Euro 2012 one. Yeah, that's the I one. Like, I feel like that's obvious. It's sticking out with me, but I can't bloody think of anyone. I never asked you already, because you just reel off the clubs again. Preston, Middlesbrough, Leicester, Millwall, Ipswich. Not in that order. Um, Actually, no, it is in that order. Sorry, is that is order. the right order, okay. yeah. Last one was Ipswich? Yeah. Still at Ipswich now? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh. I feel like this is one that everyone who's listening has probably got. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a brain fart and just can't get it. Have I got one clue left? you got one clue left. Oh, mate. It'll be interesting to see if you get it. Why am I doing this to myself? Go on. I found myself playing alongside Kaka in 2015 while playing for Orlando City before reti- re- retiring at Geasley in the National League. Geisley into yeah whatever <laughs> why am I not getting this this is painstaking mm-hmm. it's probably painstaking to listen to as well yeah um, no one is coming to mind oh hang on hang on hang on is it Sean St. Ledger it is now interesting fact about Sean St. Ledger and it's the it's the main reason why I still think about him every so often is because he <laughs> was reportedly going out with Taylor Swift Yes. Oh, I should have put that in there. But no, I would have got that straight away if you said that. Um, yeah. But that was actually complete bollocks. Um, they had a yeah, photo, as, as you might imagine. Yeah, they had a photo together, and that was it. Everyone just instantly assumed Sean Saint Ledger yeah. was going out with Taylor Swift. But that is a very good shout, Justin. I'm. That's probably one of the best 
Craig Bryson's you ever done. So well done. Thank you. Please, please watch clips of Big Ron Manager as well because it's it's Barry Fry at his best as well. Shouting in Sean St. Ledger's face. Just swearing a lot. This was the days before Darren McAnthony. <laughs> before Darren McAnthony made everything better. Right, this has been the second tier. Thank you for listening as always. Uh, we don't do this very often, but if you want mind giving us a bit of a shout out, if you can, giving us a little review on uh, Apple Podcasts, that'll be superb. A rating, tell your friends about us, all that. Anything like that helps us massively, so we really appreciate it. Uh, we will have our next episode on Wednesday to have a look back on the playoff final, which is on Tuesday, so make sure you listen to that. But after that, we're going to be having a bit of a break because it is the end of the season. There isn't any football going on. There isn't much for us to talk about. So we won't be doing our weekly podcast, but we will be doing second-tier meets every Wednesday, Sunday. I haven't decided yet, but you'll still be getting a dose of second tier with you each week from basically people we've interviewed and we've got some good interviews coming up, ladies and gentlemen. One of them in particular is explosive, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So you have that to to look forward to over the... I was going to say summer break, but it's not really a summer break, is it? I suppose it is a summer break. It's all It's it's like... That time of year, where, you know, harvest is coming round. Yeah, harvest Autumn's break. Autumn's harvest break. <laughs> so Just before autumn. You'll be getting a second tier meets during the harvest break, so you have that to look forward <laughs> to. This has been the second tier. I've been Ryan Dilks. I've been Justin Peach. Thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.